You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with radio talk show host Dan Gilman, Cindy Gilman's son. So listen, participate, be inspired, know that you can discover your potential. Here is Dan Gilman. Well, hello, and here I am on Discover Your Potential. We are live, not only on audio, but also on video on YouTube. So we're really excited. We have a very exciting guest today, uh, and I want to share with you a little bit about her before I introduce her. Her name is uh, Mary Terhune. Mary has been in the healing arts for over 40 years, journeying as a registered nurse uh, of to the consciousness-based bioenergetic system of homeopathic medicine, body center therapeutic massage and Reiki. She studied at the Cambridge Institute for Muscular Therapy and the Renaissance Institute of Classical Homeopathy and has a degree in sociology from Boston College. After practicing in Western medicine for over 15 years in various settings, including hospitals, nursing homes, and a medical practice, she discovered natural medicine out of the need to heal herself and her family. Mary will also discuss, uh, discuss her astonishing, spontaneous spiritual awakening that occurred over 30 years ago and her understanding to the radical global spiritual awakening humanity is experiencing at this time. She will share how that awakening relates to the resurgence of homeopathic medicine, once part of, of our U.S. healthcare system, which was once part of our U.S. healthcare system. We also want to highlight her book, Out of the Blue, and her meeting with Dr. Wayne Dyer, who called her description of her experience of self-realization the best she has read in his over 30 years of study. And I want to welcome Mary. Mary, welcome to Discover Your Potential. Thank you for being here. Thank, so you, for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it, it's my pleasure. So this is actually a two-part series with Mary, which I'm really excited about. We're going to talk about her spiritual awakening because she's got so much to give to the audience and, and explain to her not only her experience, but also which I'm really excited about the second part of the show as well. So I'd love to learn more about you. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers actually now uh, would learn, would love to learn more about you and understand you were an RN. Um, can you tell us yeah. a little bit about your experience with when you were an RN? It was clear that you were not focused on, you weren't, weren't focused on, you know, traditional medicine. You were focused on traditional rather than non-traditional. And, and you were uh, also in your book too, you mentioned uh, non, not really religious per se, but, but also you're kind of spiritual. Yeah, my spiritual awakening was very profound. Yeah, I, I'm a retired RN. I was in the, your allopathic field of, you know, working in hospitals as a nurse and psych units and medical doctor's offices and I worked in research administration for a while at Beth Israel Hospital. So I went that route and then I needed to be healed. And um, when I needed to be healed, I wanted to truly be healed. I didn't want to have to take drugs. And um, basically all that anything, all that was offered to me was taking medication. And I said, no, I just, I want to be healed. And so that got me into the 
to the field of uh, more of alternative medicine, if you want to call it that. I wish it would become mainstream. I think it will be becoming mainstream because more and more people are having difficulty um, with side effects from drugs. But my whole, the most important part of my story is my spiritual awakening that happened in uh, 1984. Um, that really set me on a whole new path in, in life and a whole new path in healing. And in 1984, I was uh, in the middle of a huge life crisis. Mm. I uh, had lost all my retirement money. I was coming out of a not a very good relationship. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get my own lawyer. And so I lost uh, a significant amount of money. And at that time, I had an 11 year old daughter. I uh, was still working. I was working at Beth Israel Hospital and I was thrown into a lot of debt. And so I was very anxious about my life and where I was gonna go and how, how, this, how could I take care of myself. And I was so distraught that um, this one day in May, actually this is the month of May, so here we are, that I um, called out to God that of course I, I, you know, I had given up believing in God, but in this moment, I said, please, God, just let me die. I can't handle this anymore. I was that distraught. Mm. And my mind was filled with so much terror and um, anxiety over my entire life, actually. I felt like I had failed in my life. And uh, now here I was. I lost everything I worked for. I was uh, 42 years of age. Was it 42? Yeah. No. Yeah, forty about 42 years of age. And I was standing in my living room and I just called out saying, I, I can't do this anymore. I need help. And in that moment, when my mind completely stopped because it was so anxious, light filled the room from my uh, living room window and it poured in and calmed me very deeply. And I laid down on the couch, my sobbing stopped and I had this experience wash over me of forgiveness, self-forgiveness. And then I heard a voice say to me, you can't blame her, she didn't know. And then I heard the words, you know, self, true forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And the voice sounded so familiar and I realized that this was the voice of Jesus. And you can say, well, how did you know? Um, all I can say is, you know, when you know, the soul knows. And uh, in that moment, he awakened. Of course, I knew nothing about the Kundalini. I knew really nothing about chakras, spiritual paths, gurus, meditation, yoga. I knew nothing about any of this. So this was very spontaneous and a complete, um, really uh, radical opening into light for me. Hmm. And he ignited this, what I found out to be was the Kundalini energy in my body. And all this energy rose up within me. And I felt these wheels of energy spinning along my spinal cord. Um, the feeling was incredible bliss, hmm. uh, incredible peace. And he began speaking to me seven revelations. And with each revelation, he gave me the experience of what he was saying and how it applied to my own life. 
in the meantime, as I was laying there, I was feeling incredibly peaceful, incredibly bathed in this amazing light. I had been raised in the Catholic Church, but I had given up all that dogma of the church because I didn't feel it was inclusive enough that in, to include everyone in the world. Um, and I believed in, I believed that there, there should be no exclusivity when it comes to um, religion or spiritual life, that everyone is uh, deserving of um, respect and honor. And uh, I felt the dogma of the church was being exclusive. I remember growing up as a child and being told that I couldn't have Protestant friends because they were going to hell. So I, you know, I, I, I just couldn't abide by all that. And I also didn't like the way they treated women. I felt that was very exclusive and that women should be able to be priests. And um, so I left that and, you know, and I'm not knocking religion, you know, it has its place and it does so much good social work. But for those reasons, I was, I felt very outside it, outside that dogma. But when Jesus came to me and spoke to me, I felt he was more of a, a spiritual teacher, a sage that belonged to the whole world, just like all sages do. They, they can't be uh, shoved into a box of any religion. They're just too big for that. They're just huge. Mm -hmm. And so he spoke to me on forgiveness, judgment, the Bible, weight problems and emotions, disease, aging, and the ego. Mm. And I think the most amazing thing to me was when he spoke about forgiveness and he called it uh, that, that true forgiveness was self-forgiveness. And he showed me that really it's all about that. It's not about blaming someone else, that everybody has to take responsibility for forgiving themselves. And for that, that means you have to be take responsibility for whatever you did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. And that um, it wasn't about me having to forgive someone else, it was about me having to forgive me. And in that self-forgiveness of everything, everything was automatically forgiven in my world. And um, that it's each person's responsibility to take that on for themselves. Uh, when he spoke about judgment, it was the same thing. There, if, if, you know, fear not, don't judge, or fear you will be judged, meaning that the other being is one with the divine. And so if you're judging that, you're really judging yourself because you're all one part of one being in in the spiritual sense of consciousness. Um, he spoke about the Bible and he said, now, he said, do you see how they misuse my words in the Bible? And along with that, he gave me the feeling of his sadness over that that we should never use words of any sacred texts against another person. Um, The most interesting, he did talk about weight and emotions and how when we get stuck in in weight, in our thoughts and and feelings, that that can show up sometimes in the symptom of putting on weight. Um, I found it interesting that he spoke about these things. Did you think of all the things that Jesus is going to come talk to you about, it's going to be weight issues, you know, but I was part of the health field. So he spoke to me about that. Um, he spoke to me about aging, the aging process, and that um, 
a lot of aging really comes from our mental construct and our stress. And that if we could free ourselves with that, the energy in our bodies, this Kundalini energy in our bodies would flow better and we would age less uh, quickly. Um, he did speak about the ego and basically showed me that the ego is, ego is just a case of mistaken identity, hmm. that we take on a very small identity as a separate self, but we're much greater than that. And a lot of what he spoke about, I would come to understand later because this was a lot of information coming at me all at once and I had no context in which to hold it, except that I can say that it's as extraordinary as it sounds with light coming through the window and Jesus speaking to you, it all felt very normal as if I was remembering something. Mm -hmm. um, he spoke about... Um, the ego being a mistaken identity in terms of you, you think you're a separate person, but you're not really a separate person. You are one with the divine, as the divine. I would come to understand that later in, a, in, a, in two years, in two years time, because I would meet a, uh, a self-realized monk in two years uh, who really helped me to integrate all this and really give a context for it. Hmm. Um, he spoke about disease and that, to me was a very important topic because of being in the healing arts. And basically he said that all disease begins in energy first in your thoughts and in your mind, it begins there first. And then it filters down into the physical body showing up as symptoms. Of course, I kind of knew this in my own life when I cured myself of migraines from all this held grief and upset and energy when that got released, the migraines went away. Um, it would be four, it would take 14 years though, 14 years later, when I would discover homeopathic medicine where all this came together mm. for me. And then um, I really understood what he meant by all of this and how to apply it in an actual system of medicine and how to approach things that way. And you were, and you were, you were still, still, oh, I hear oh, I echo. echo. You were still you were working still in, at, uh, Beth Israel, correct, at that time? Yes. I was still working at Beth Israel at the time. And, you know, this whole session, I really don't know how long the session went on with Jesus. Mm -hmm. All I know is this energy flowing through me and this bliss in my body and this incredible presence of being held in this light force was so astonishing and so amazing. And when he finished imparting all of this knowledge in me mm -hmm. and sort of downloading his understanding into me. Um, I was a changed person and it, near the end, he opened up my third eye. I didn't realize what all that meant, of course, because I, I had no context for this. You know, this is a spontaneous, amazing, astonishing, radical awakening from understanding nothing to understand to, to coming to this. I, he opened up this whole other dimension in me that I didn't know exists, this dimension of light and bliss and this energy within my physical body that I could feel. And, uh, and he, he removed this, he removed something, a veil. Hmm. And at the end of all this, he withdrew his energy through the window 
And there I was in just in awe and in bliss and in love laying on the couch in the living room. And at some point I felt I needed to get up and go to the back door and uh, get some fresh air. And so I walked to, to the back door. I opened up the back door and I looked out onto the lawn and I saw this beautiful apple tree. And what amazed me is that I could see these photonic packets of light surrounding the tree and surrounding everything. And these photonic packets of light, I understood, created the entire universe. Hmm. And these photonic packets were not just light, but they were filled with a loving presence that was so astonishing and so deep and so utterly amazing. And I felt it in my body. I saw it all around that I blurted out in tears, oh my God, this is this is uh, heaven, paradise. This is paradise, the earth, but we've made it into something else. And I started sobbing that we made it into something else, that this is truly paradise, but we have like paradise lost. We forgot who we are. We forgot about this love that's inside us and outside us and everywhere created from love. Mm. And we've created um, instead of a hell on earth, essentially for, for individuals, for ourselves and our own lives. And um, and what happened in the days that followed is I had this, still was in this blissful experience of so much love that emanated from me and I saw it all around me and I saw it in everybody that I looked. So I'm going to work and I'm looking around, traveling to work and I'm in love with everybody. You know, like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Mm-hmm. Um, how come I know this? Does everybody know this? And so I just felt tremendous love for everybody. And it was sort of like the Eckhart Tolle experience where I just wanted to sit on a bench and just just sit in this love and watch this love in nature, in people, in everything. And so I had a very difficult time. And this lasted for months. And I had a very difficult time functioning at work because I had to work with numbers and putting numbers together and I couldn't. I would sit at my desk in this amazing presence of love mm. everywhere in, in myself and in everything that I, that's all I wanted to do was to sit in this love. I had no context for it, although I knew it was real. It was more real than real. <laughs> and at that point I thought, I really, I need to understand this. And, and where my mind went was, I need to understand it in terms of Einstein's theory of relativity, energy equals mass times light. Because mm-hmm. this energy and light in us and we're energy and how did this all fit together? And on top of that, I felt I needed to find a pair of eyes in a, in a human form, somebody whose eyes were deep and profound. And I had never seen that in a human and so these were the two things I, I wanted to understand my experience with, because I had no context for this. Mm-hmm. So um, did you have any questions of me at this point? Or Yeah, I do. I just hear, I hear an echo. I think it's coming from your, your computer, potentially. I don't, I don't hear any echo. Oh, you don't hear an echo? No. Oh, I hear an echo. So I also wanted to ask you, too, you, you mentioned you met a healer. 
yeah. right after. And, I did. I uh, actually, I you know, as I said, the thing that I was looking for, I was looking two years later, mm-hmm. I came upon a uh, advertisement in the now defunct interface of Watertown, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, he was, there, he was going to be giving a talk on energy medicine. And it actually would be seven people on this panel, panel giving a talk on energy medicine. I thought energy medicine. Yeah, that's, that's it. Energy medicine. So, uh, I went to this talk and, uh, each of the healers stood up and introduced themselves. And then they would talk about their, whatever, you know, their application was, mm-hmm. their practice was. And this one healer near the end stood up and he didn't even say his name. All he said was E equals MC squared, energy equals mass times light. And I thought, oh my God, you know, the hair on my, the end, my hair on my arm stood up and I thought, this is the person I have to meet. Wow. And so as soon as the talks ended, I literally, literally ran over to him. I grabbed his arm so he couldn't leave. I had to hold on to him. And I said, I have to see you. I have to make an appointment to see you. And I said, I need the appointment right now. You have to give it to me now. And so he told me, okay, come on, whatever it was Tuesday at blah, blah, blah. And I'll work on you for an hour. And I really didn't care what he did. I just knew that I had to talk to him. And so I went in, went to his uh, office and uh, walked into the room. And he said, uh, I, have to, I have to go out for a minute. I'll be right back. And so as he's going out, I noticed there was a picture on the wall. This was like two years after the Jesus mm-hmm. incident that I was still marinating in. And I looked on the wall and there was this picture of this monk, uh, just a headshot. And I looked into her eyes and I thought, those are the eyes. Those are the eyes mm-hmm. of this, the one I'm looking for. These are the eyes. And the healer walked into the room and I go, I'm still staring at these eyes. Oh, before he walked into the room, as I'm staring at the eyes, the picture comes alive and it speaks to me and says, we're coming together again to complete something. And then I was shown a like a movie that I had been with this monk as one of her monks, because it was a woman, one of her monks in a past life. Mm. And for whatever reason, there was a separation, political reasons or something happened and I couldn't complete my journey with her. And so, so from the pictures, she said, we're coming together again to complete something. And I saw all this and then the healer walks back in the room and I go, who is, is this a monk? And he goes, yes. I said, is she alive? And he goes, yes. She'll be in Boston in two weeks. You want to meet her? Yes. Yes. I have to meet her. She knows everything there, there is to know about energy and light and truth. And he goes, well, yeah, maybe. And I go, no, not maybe. She does know. And I have to meet her. Um, I didn't tell him about the picture coming alive. At this point, I was, I didn't know what to say to anybody because I'd never spoken about these things and I had no context for it. No one was speaking about consciousness then. Um, That wasn't a common theme at all. And I never heard anybody speak about these things, about light coming into them and seeing the light and hearing, you know, downloads of information. So when I got on the table, um, little did I know that there had been a transmission from that picture awakening me even more spiritually. So when I got on the table, what should have been an hour long session 
turned into six hours of the most intense release of what it felt like uh, karmic issues and grief and emotions and everything just was releasing and releasing. And what I later understood is when your Kundalini gets awakened, which happened the first time with Jesus, that it, it begins to clear out old impressions, not only from this life, but from past lives, which are never really past because you take everything with you in the now, right? You're all living, always living in the now. Mm -hmm. And so you bring everything with you. Um, that I got to really experience and understand. And so here I was just processing out and processing out. And somewhere in the midst of all of this, he says, uh, I know I, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The baby you gave up for adoption when you were 19, this is back in the 60s and I wasn't married. Hmm. She wants me to let you know that she loves you and she understands. And um, then I started sobbing, releasing that, and he started crying and they were both crying. And in the midst of all of this, all of a sudden this light came in through my head into all my meridians. I could see all the meridians inside my body lighting up with light. And then it started coming out my hands and out my feet. And I thought, it's well, it's God again. I wonder what this is about. And then I remembered pictures of Jesus with a light coming out of his hands. Oh, I thought, oh, that's how he heals. Oh, wait a minute. Mary heals the same way. Oh, this is in, this has to be all the saints and all the awakened ones. I didn't realize it's in everybody at that, at that point. But after I met the monk, then I came to understand so much more. So in, in two weeks time, I, I met the monk and um, ended up uh, traveling to a meditation center to be with her, not just me, but hundreds of people. And I received another transmission from her. Um, and this tra transmission was so powerful. Uh, that was the day that I experienced in July, actually, July of 1988. Actually, it was uh, on the 4th of July, Liberation Day, right? It's very funny. The universe is funny. And uh, timing. And so I was sitting outside um, under this gigantic pine tree, which was just gorgeous. I was sitting outside by myself. I was in silence. I was taking a course about, it was called the fire course. It was about the ego and releasing, you know, confronting this ego within you. That, that fake self that you cling to as an individual, right? Sure. Which is based in fear and separation from your divine nature. And uh, as, I'm, as I finish my lunch, I'm reading this book called The Light of the Self. It was about the Yoga Sutras of Pantanjali. And in it, mm. he said, at some point in driving your vehicle, meaning your body, you have to put the ego in the back seat and let the soul drive the vehicle. And I thought, I was so taken by that, utterly taken by it. I thought, wow, I wonder what that would be like. Hmm. And just as I said those words, this whole energy of immensity came over me. This is my experience of self-realization that Wayne loved so much. Mm. It's also, by the way, on my website, you can listen to Wayne 
Dyer reading that chapter on self-realization and what happened to me. He so loved it. Um, yeah, you that's when he had Hay House published. Not that was my first self-published book, and that's when he had Hay House published my my book because he so loved it. And so he, this whole energy, just this like humming energy, came over and just opened the top of my head, and now I had a full channel mm-hmm. of light coming in like a fire hose down here. And then it reached down here and just exploded out my heart. So it went out like hundreds of yards. And I had the inner experience. You know, Dan, I wish I had graphics to go along with mm. the graphics describing, showing people in, in, a, in a graphic way yeah. what happened inside me. One day I hope to do this. Maybe Gaia, somebody listening will pick this up. Because I can describe it exactly and to have a picture is worth a thousand words. So I'm trying to describe to you something which is so omniscient and so outrageous and radical that you can't believe it lives inside a human, you know, that it lives inside us. So this light came down and poured this way. And what was happening inside me was this Kundalini energy started rolling up from the base of my spine and it rolled up and it rolled up like, and I understood the scroll of life, which is written from here down in your chakra energy, that scroll of Mary's life as an individual was ro- was rolling up just like this. And as it got here, right here, there appeared my teacher basically saying, yes, you can go higher. You can go to the highest, getting granting permission. So they call it the passport office, the divine passport office, to go up higher, the Kundalini to go higher. And when that happened, my whole being knew it was Brahman. So the words were, Aham Brahmashmi, I am Brahman, and all this is my creation. Fear left me. The separation, which is from here down, left me, and I was in this energy of bliss that is very difficult to describe but you're free, you're finally free. And the light that is in a human, carried by a human is so extraordinary. Mm. It's so extraordinary. I knew this was my natural state, that this was the natural state of humanity. This state of being, omniscience. I could hardly believe it was in a human being. And the words that were spoken to me in that moment where here is your divinity, the divinity that awaits all mankind. Your soul wants full expression now. This is the presence. This is the living presence. This is living. This is real. I looked out across the lawn toward this building and above the building, I saw a vision. Mind you, I'm at an Eastern meditation yoga place. This all, this all this happened all in 1986? This happened in 1988. Oh, 88, sorry. 88. Two years after meeting Two the monk. <laughs> Two years in, yeah, in 88. It's a lot to keep track of, right? So I, in this state of omniscience, mm-hmm. knowing I am Brahman, which Brahman means the ultimate field of all reality, which is bliss, Satchitananda, truth, consciousness, and bliss. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. that we are housed in this physical body, kind of shoved into this physical body and the chakra energy system carrying it in this way. I looked above and there was Jesus standing in a cloud, rising up in a cloud with his hands raised up to the heavens, looking up. And I thought, I wonder what he's doing here. (laughs) Then I thought, oh my God, visions are real. And then I thought, oh, am I ascending too? Meaning this was his ascension. And am I ascending too? Meaning I am ascending to this divine nature that's in us. As as, he spoke, the kingdom of God is within. Mm -hmm. And if he used other words, it might be the consciousness of the divine is within us as us. So it was like a affirmation, a confirmation, a coming together uh, of these two experiences. And when I looked out again, my vision, because my vision now was opened to the vision of the divine, Brahman, when I looked out, covering everything were the photonic packets of light everywhere everywhere, covered everything, the sidewalk, the trees. Then I saw people walking by. And when I looked at them, I could see the soul hovering over them in this halo like, and filtering over them like a Christmas tree of lights. Mm. And I thought I wanted to shout, look, just look up, there's your soul. Do you know you're divine? And I could see that they were kind of stuck in a mind, their minds. Mm-hmm worried about things and I wanted them to look up beyond that egoic structure to their divine nature that was them. But I knew I couldn't shout it out. <laughs> so there I am in this incredible, I, could, I couldn't believe that this was in humanity and that this indeed, but I was delighted in the knowledge, the absolute knowledge, unwavering knowledge Here is your divinity, the divinity that awaits all mankind. And so what I have to say now is that this is the brink we're all on now. This divinity Mm. that awaits all mankind is here now. This is why we're going through all these upheavals, because the world we created was created out of egoic structure, where we're separate beings. We think we're separate from each other. But when you have this incredible experience of this divine light that exists in you as you and exists in everyone, this is the oneness of consciousness that we come to. And then you know everyone is divine. Everyone is worthy of respect. Everyone is equal. And no matter what role you're playing, you could be the president or you could be the dishwasher doesn't matter. You have equal divinity in each. And we've gotten stuck in those dualistic way of looking at things. And we really are divine in in our nature. And Mm -hmm. so the reason that things are falling apart and breaking up is that the old systems that were created out of fear and lack, that those old systems can't hold this new energy that's coming from us. It's not happening to us, 
it's evolving from us. Humanity is evolving. And so if when humanity evolves in such a level, I mean, going from egoic structure into your divine nature as Brahman is now, that, that's just not, that's not a little, little evolution. That's a gigantic leap. You know, it's hard to believe because the ego mind can't hold that. And so there's so much fear that's generated from that state of being. And it's hard to crack open that egoic structure. And for me, it took losing everything and being pushed to the brink of that I couldn't deal anymore. And then for whatever reason, uh, grace entered my life uh, and broke me open and opened me up to these to this divine dimension within myself and a divine dimension that I saw in the whole world and all of nature. And now I felt very much at one with nature. I didn't feel that that, that I was separate from the plants and the trees and the animals. I felt we were of one nature together in this divine consciousness. And one of the things that I was told when I experienced self-realization, I was told that humans, the thing that makes humans so incredible mm -hmm. is that we can ask the question, we have the ability to reflect and ask the question, who am I? And a tree doesn't have to do that. The tree doesn't ask, who am I? The dog doesn't ask, who am I? They're just floating in consciousness, right? But we have this ability to ask the question, who am I? Therefore, we have the ability to evolve to another dimension of divinity. And when we evolve to the other dimension, we raise up all the other kingdoms, animal kingdoms, all nature, trees, stones, everything. So it ra we raise up with, they raise up with us. So that's how important each human is and how powerful. But we've been trained out of our power. Yeah. And now it's time to reconnect, you know. At one, you know, growing up, sort of the red coats taught you, well, you can't talk to God directly. You have to come through us. You need an intermediary. But what I experienced was, oh, no, you are the divine in this play of consciousness on this earth now. And it's time to reclaim it. And, you know, in many of the indigenous cultures talk about this time, the time of the great turning. Mm -hmm. And it's the time of the great turning from egoic structure and that fearful, fear-based. Anything fear-based is not truth. It simply is not. And when you go beyond that and you reclaim yourself, it's happening from us, reclaiming it. It's so extraordinary. I, I can't say enough words to, to have you experience how amazing it is because it is an experience. It's not just the theory. It is your experience to have for you and whatever path you take, uh, whether you take the path of religion towards it, whether you take the path of spirituality, whether you take none of those paths, it's the path of nature, mm -hmm. or you don't even know which path to take, or you don't even care. It's all happening anyway. It's just evolving from inside us. And uh, so this chaos now we're experiencing and all the fear we're experiencing is going to open up to new realms and new applications of things. And so if, 
you know, for me, it was the field of medicine that uh, really evolved for me. And that's, that's the thing that I really focused in on, or could I say, ha it came to me, the information came to me. Hmm. And, um, and so this is, this is what I will be talking about more in, in, our, in our part two, because there's a lot to say about that. And I'm not limiting anything. I, we're expanding everything. It's not your anti anything. No, it's what you're for. And it's, it, and it's an expansion of knowledge, yeah. knowledge base. It's so extraordinary that um, it should be as extraordinary as it is to experience self-realization. That's how extraordinary it should be. And so all the systems that we will create out of this will be so entirely different, different paradigms, different understandings, completely. So that's the good news. I have nothing to say but good news in spite of the fact that it looks like the world is going to you know what, but no, it's just that we're evolving out of you know what, <laughs> you know, and it's happening from us. And anybody on this planet at this time is a true warrior mm. of their own spiritual, journey and however that unfolds and it is incredible it's astonishing it's amazing it's radical mm. it's not just a little evolvement it's an entire leap into another dimension inside you that you're carrying around inside you i know we're going to talk about the homeopathic uh process next next week or the following week actually but um, you mentioned that you did a three-year uh, term or studied homeopathic education. So it was 14 years after. Oh, I, I should share that I also, you know, so much happened in my life that was so incredibly radical. And one of it included um, my own death. So I should talk about that. And I want to talk yes. about that now before I talk about what happened following that with homeopathy. So in 19, so in July of 1988, I experienced self-realization. In October of 1988, I experienced my own death. And it was quite extraordinary how I experienced this. I was at that time now working at MIT in the Space Center for the Center for Theoretical Geocosmo uh, Physics. And so uh, every lunchtime, I would meditate for a while. And because it was uh, in, the, in the winter now, I was meditating inside the lobby of the electrical engineering building at MIT, which had these gigantic windows which faced uh, Mass Ave. And so I was sitting as usual on my bench, leaning against the wall and in the electrical engineering building. and. Uh, I was reading an article about, um, about another monk uh, in the same lineage. And uh, I, was, I found myself with tears because I realized I would never meet him. He's already passed to the other side. And people spoke about how amazing it was to be in his presence. Um, but I realized, you know, I would never get a chance to meet him. And so I put the book down and I closed my eyes to meditate for like 20 minutes, I thought, before I went back to work. And so 
the electrical engineering building, the lobby I was in had a revolving door and students would come in and out of that revolving door to walk through the building to go to other parts of the campus. Mm-hmm. And so I closed my eyes and the, you know, the door is coming and some people are strolling in. And so I have my eyes closed and all of a sudden I hear, are you ready? And I thought, I still closed my eyes and I thought, oh, there's just a student kind of messing with me. They say I'm, they see I'm meditating. And I, uh, I kept my eyes closed. I didn't say anything. And I hear again, are you ready? And all of a sudden, with my eyes closed, I see the monk in his robes walking towards me. Hmm. And he walks this way. And then all of a sudden he turns and he walks away. And he turns around and he walks directly at me. And as he gets very close, he turns into the Milky Way and enters my solar plexus. And the sounds that went off in my body, I found out later were sacred sounds called nadis. And it was the sound of a conch blowing, bells ringing, the sound of a, like a tornado or going around and the wind and the power of all of it. I heard the sound of what it sounded like a locomotive engine coming down the tracks. And this energy was floating around and floating around. It was so loud. And then it started to come up. Some of it stayed down, but most of it, all of it came up. And it got to hear in my ears. I mean, it was so loud. I thought, oh, my God, it's going to burst my tympanic membranes. Mm. And as I got here, I realized, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm leaving my body. Mm. And I thought, you know, can I do this? I have a daughter. And then I heard him say, don't worry, it's fine. I thought, okay, well, then it's fine. I now I'm so trusting anyway, you know, in the spiritual process. And then he took me out. And all of a sudden, I was very far away. And I was in my light body. And he was in his light body. And in front of me were these two gigantic windows of light, like a regular window in a house. Two windows of light, one above the other. And the power and the love and the light coming and the and the magnetic pull of the light was so powerful and filled with so much love, I wanted to go. I wanted to go to that light. I had this little voice I heard say, what about your daughter? But the light was such so magnetic and so overwhelming, filled with so much bliss that I started to go towards the light. And then the monk touched my energy somehow and, and on my arm and he said, not yet. And I thought, oh, no, I have to, I have to go back. Mm. But I didn't know where I was going back to. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I didn't know how to get back. I'm thinking, well, how, how am I going to get back? And I looked down and I saw this silver cord, which was attached to my light body. And this silver cord was floating for a lot, like miles, floating and floating. And I, I understood I had to concentrate my energy, all of it, following this silver cord. Mm. So I, follow, I kept following the silver cord and it was dark and all of a sudden the, the vista opens. And I see our solar system, mm. the Earth's solar system. And I'm whizzing by planets like crazy, Saturn and Jupiter, you know, I'm whizzing past them. And I realize, I wonder where I'm going. And it was sort of like when I'm being on Zoom, you know, where you start Zooming in. 
and I, and I realized, oh, I'm going to planet Earth. And I would zoom in, oh, I'm going to North America. Oh, I'm going to Massachusetts. Oh, I'm going to MIT. And all of a sudden, I'm looking down at this body meditating. I'm on the ceiling now of the engineering building, looking down at a body meditating on the bench, mm. that body that belonged to the separate identity called Mary. I had no relation to that body. I didn't feel connected to it at all. Mm. I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. I just knew I had to go back into that body, that that was what I had to do. And so I followed the cord down and I entered this way. And as I entered, my body jumped literally. Mm. Oh. And I, I was like, oh God, no. I felt like I was shoved into a tight shoe. Mm. And then I realized the mental issues I had to deal with and the karmas that I had to deal with that was associated with this body, this experience that this body had to go through on this earth. Mm. And I was not happy. <laughs> and as I had that thought, the monk appears again, right in front of me, his face, and he goes, you see, the veil is very thin between here and there, very thin, and he disappeared. Oh. I'm sitting now still with my eyes closed, realizing, oh my God, I didn't have a physical body, but I could still see with my being in a consciousness body, I could still hear. I could still function. And more than that, I was quite happy in it. And then I realized, wait a minute, I was still alive. Then I realized, oh my God, you can't die. You still live on, you're eternal. And then I realized, oh, if you can't die, then how can you be born? And I, oh my God, the whole thing's an illusion. Mm. You can't be born, you can't die. You're just taking on a, this form, but the you that's you is this living consciousness. And so the experience of self-realization, the experience with death, it all kind of came together. It's like everything sort of came together over time. And um, I remember a poem, I think it was by Kabir, who, who said, um, when you are born, everybody is laughing, but you're crying. And when you die, everyone is crying, but you're laughing. And I really understood what that meant. And so uh, here I was again, you know, I had to go back to work, <laughs> you know, I had to function. And, uh, you know, people want to know what was your life like during all these experiences? And all I can say is, um, are you still with me? I am. Okay. For some reason, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I just, can you hear me? Maximized. Okay. Uh, I'm back. I'm back up. Oh, okay. okay. Back up again. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that's very difficult when you go through these things is that if, if you can't find other people who've gone through these experiences and here you are carrying this knowledge and this information with you for years and years and years, it can be a very lonely path. And I'm happy to say now that, you know, more, more people are speaking about consciousness and more people are speaking about awakening. And it's far more than what people are saying. Yeah. It's more than just, oh, I realize I'm not an ego. No, I'm talking about a full blown experience where you're 
whole energy system changes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I experienced self-realization at that time, in the midst of it, in the midst of feeling and knowing I am Brahman and all this, Brahman means the ultimate field of reality, omniscient, mm -hmm. all this is my creation. I went from that to realizing I had signed up to do some dishes. So I had to go do dishes because you can be, you're, when you're self-realized, doesn't mean you don't do anything. You still function in the world, but you function at a much higher level and you're, you're completely present in every moment. And so I went to do the dishes and here I am in this state of omniscience emanating all this energy. You know, when I looked down, I could see the light all surrounding my body. And I realized that the light is what's alive and this has no life without it. Mm. This is, has no life without that light that informs it and innervates it. Hence homeopathic medicine, right? I got to lead into that now. So here I am, I'm at these big dish bins and there are all people around, there's soap suds and it's hot and you know, the big washers going and you know, all this noise and all this stuff. And I am in this peaceful state. And as I look up from the soap suds, a woman happened to look up into my eyes from the other side, looked right into them and she burst out in tears. Because I realized I was emanating that state which was in her as well, because it's in everybody equally. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, wow, you know, this is the power within each of us that we each carry. And I realized that that was the whole reason for coming here is to wake up to this state and then create heaven. This is heaven. Mm -hmm. on earth, in our bodies, and on the physical earth as well. So to say I was changed forever, uh, again, yet again. And then I thought that I was the last person to know this. I thought, why didn't people tell me? Why isn't anybody here told me that, I, that I'm Brahmin, that everyone's Brahmin? Mm. And then at some point when I left the dish room, the state started to slip and it, it was like a magnetic pull pulling me down back into the egoic state. And it was the most horrible experience uh, I could ever go through. It was so, it was so awful to have to go back into this state of fear and feeling separate again, knowing that my true nature lives here but how can I get back to it, you know? Yeah. But I didn't realize at this time that when the Kundalini gets awakened, you have to clear out. If it's your time to finish up your, your time on the earth, you've got to clear out stuff. And that takes a lot of uh, living because yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I would meet up with my daughter, the one I gave up for adoption, there are many things I had to go through. I had to clear out a lot of old relationships from past lives. It was like a whirlwind of, of a life that I felt like I was in a tornado for a number of years until I was finally spun out of that and then started with the physical stuff because I had heart attacks and then I had a, a bypass you know, two years ago. So then a lot of karmic stuff that happens in a body, but I always held on to the truth of who we all truly are. 
I'd yeah. never let go of that at all. So at some point, I know that I can reclaim this. You just have to go through a lot here and re just release, keep release, release, release. When I went through the health crisis, I had to find a homeopath. I was told to find homeop homeopathy. When I took the remedy in my mouth the first time, my whole being went out and the where I was stuck in the emotional part was met by the remedy like this. And boom, I completely understood how homeopathy worked. It works on like cures like on a consciousness level yeah. back to jesus everything is every all disease emanates from this emotional part and we'll talk more we'll, about we'll, that we'll talk we'll about talk it next time because i'm going to nail that down and make it very real and practical i'm sure. going to talk about cases that i had in yes. my family and myself yeah. out of hope not just hope but another way i'm looking forward to talking to you next time and and I know I know I need to run now, but this is Dan Gilman with Discover Your Potential. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else.